Welcome to the Dew of Heaven service with Reverend Brian Krumah. Reverend Brian Krumah brings you powerful and practical teachings of the Word of God, which is able to save your soul. Reverend Bright currently pastors the Bronx North Branch of the Kodesh Family Church in New York City, a church full of love, joy, and enthusiasm for the Lord. We pray that this message brings hope and light to your life. Listen and be blessed. Please, why don't you stand to your feet and let us bow our heads for word of prayer. Let us pray. Father, we are grateful. We are thankful for this day, the first Sunday of July. We thank you, Lord, even for the grace you gave us to go out to testify of your salvation. Father, we thank you for the souls that were one today. We pray that they'll be established in you and in your kingdom in the name of Jesus. Now, Lord, we pray that you teach us Give us of your Holy Spirit to minister to us, to teach us in the name of Jesus. Draw us closer and closer to you as we share your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands together for Jesus and please be seated. And turn your Bibles with me to 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 6. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 6. Um, few weeks ago, I began sharing with you, I started sharing with you about godliness, about godliness. And then uh, I was away, and then I came back, and then um, we had Father's Day, and then we shared about fathers. Uh, for some time, we put this message on Paul's, and I want us to pick it up and continue so I want to share with you about godliness, about godliness. Amen. First Timothy chapter 4 and verse 6. It says, if thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things. Are you with me? Yes. Now, very soon, another thing is that we are also going to stop reading the scriptures on the screen like this. Because we have realized that a lot of people don't open their Bibles you don't highlight your Bibles. You don't bring your Bibles to church. You don't use your Bibles. What is happening here? Please. Are you with me? Yes. And it is not good. And so very soon. So enjoy this before your eyes start dying. <laughs> okay. It says, If thou, if thou, Put the brethren in remembrance of these things. Thou shalt be a good minister. Okay, let's wait for these people to settle and um, let them be comfortable. Wonderful. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ. Nourish up in the ways of faith and of good doctrine whereunto thou hast attained. But refuse profane and old wives' fables and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. Exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise 
profited little. But godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. For wherefore, for therefore, we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the savior of all men, especially of those that believe. These things command and teach. Hallelujah. These things command and teach. You know, I want us to read it in the Amplified Version. Go back to verse 6, please, in the Amplified Version. It says, if you lay all these instructions before the brethren, that means if you will teach them, you will be a worthy steward and a good minister of Christ Jesus if you are able to teach the brethren these things. Ever nourishing your own self on the truths of the faith and of the good or Christian instruction which you have closely followed. But refuse and avoid irreverent legends, profane and impure and godless fictions, mere grandmother's tales, and silly myths, and express your disapproval of them. Train yourself towards godliness or piety, keeping yourself spiritually fit. Are you with me? For physical training is of some value. It's useful for a little. But godliness, that is spiritual training, is useful and of value in everything and in every way. Are you reading with me? He said physical training is of some value. But godliness or spiritual training is useful and of value in everything and in every way. For it holds promise for the present life and also for the life which is to come. There is promise for this life and the life which is to come. Now he says this saying is reliable. That means you can depend on it. It means you can bet your life on it. He said, this saying is reliable and is worthy of complete acceptance. No exception. It is worthy of complete acceptance by some people. By some few others. By who? Everybody. Men and women. It is, com- it is worthy of complete. That means take it wholeheartedly. It's worthy if you take it. And then he says, With a view to this, we toil and strive, yes, and suffer reproach. That means it's worthy to suffer for these things. It is worthy to strive for these things. It is worthy for people to laugh at you for these things. Suffer reproach. It is worthy for people to mock you for it's worthy. Do you understand? So it means that all the things that will make you stop doing certain things, such as it's too much strife, it's too much hard work, it's too much strain, it's too much this, or such as people will laugh at you, it's embarrassing, 
you know, I, I, so I, I can't do this. It's, it, this particular thing is worthy to accept that building yourself spiritually is godly. It's a good thing. He said, yes, and to suffer reproach because we have fixed our hope on the living God who is the savior or the preserver or maintainer or deliverer of all men, especially, especially, especially of those who believe, trust in, rely on, and adhere to him. Continue to command these things and to teach them. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. So if you recall, last time I was sharing with you and we established that the word of God is the ultimate truth. The word of God is the ultimate truth and we must accept it wholeheartedly. We must accept the word of God. If the Bible is saying something, accept it wholeheartedly. Amen. It is absolutely reliable, the word of God. It is the pure words. It has been tried across generations, across tribes, across race, across colors, across ages, and it applies to everyone. Hallelujah. It is flawless. Whatever you put up to it, it stands. Amen. We read a scripture in Psalm 12 and verse 6. In the NIV it says, And the words of the Lord are flawless. They are flawless. Like silver purified in a crucible, like gold refined seven times. That is the word of the Lord. So the word of God, it is flawless. It is pure. It has been purified. It has gone through generations. It has been tried many times. And it, is, it has come out to be what it is. And so it makes it so reliable to accept it. Amen. Are you with me? Yes. yes. So it means that we can go by the word of God at any stage in our lives. And we can guarantee 100% success. Amen. If we go by the word of God, we cannot go wrong. Hallelujah. Now the word of God is saying that bodily exercise to exercise yourself in the physical has some value. This is the word of God. It says bodily exercise has some value. That means there is a limited value if we focus on exercising ourselves physically. There is a limited value. If we focus on looking good, if we focus on feeding this body, if we focus on exercising, taking vitamins, drinking all kinds of things to make the body fit. Are you with me? You see, a lot of people do so many things to stay alive and be well. Do you understand? You know, people take vitamins, people, take, people go to the gym, and they exercise, they drink all kinds of oil, fish oil, they are coming tablets and all kinds of things so that they will be alive and they will live for long. Isn't that so? But I have seen somebody at the gym who had a heart attack whilst he was at the gym and they brought him to the hospital and he died whilst he was in the gym. Do you understand? 
somebody was taking vitamins and he choked on the large vitamin and then he died. <laughs> what a shock. So you realize that even the things that you are doing to keep this body fit, they are the same things that can kill you also. Do you understand? But the word of God is saying, godliness, godliness has value in all things. There is value in godliness. It says it holds promise in the present life and in the life which is to come. You feel, you, I feel like you are dull. Not, um, are you with me? Yes. 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 Amen. 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 Godliness has value in this life and in the life that is to come. Daniel, do you understand the word of God? Yes. He yes. says, godliness benefits you in this present life and in the life that is to come. Now, what is godliness? Godliness is translated from the Greek word eusebia. Eusebia. Let me spell that for you. E like Edward. U like USA. S like Sam. E like Edward. B like boy. E like Edward. I like ice. Or N. And A like apple. Eusebia. E-U-S-E-B-E-I-A. It's a Greek word. Aren't you glad you came to church today? You have learned one Greek word. You you have more knowledge than someone who wasn't in church today. Now, Eusebia or godliness means to be pious. Godliness means to be pious. Amen. It means to show reverence. To show reverence. Amen. It also means to be religious. To be religious. And then it also means to be holy. To be holy. So godliness or eusebia means to be pious, to show reverence, to be religious, and to be holy. Amen. Amen. So the Bible is saying godliness or eusebia will benefit you in every area of your life. Being godly will benefit you in every area of your life. It will benefit you as a student. It will benefit you as a father. It will benefit you as a mother. Being godly, godliness will benefit you as a wife. It will benefit you as a husband. Amen. Amen. Godliness will benefit you as a Christian, as a pastor, as a shepherd, as a worker. Benefits of godliness. It will benefit you as an employer. Amen. Amen. So, godliness, coming to church, doing the things of God, doing the work of God, doing all these things, the Bible says it has benefits. It benefits you in this life. And this is the word of God. Accept it. It says this thing is worthy of acceptation. It is worth it, it, it. You can fully embrace it and you will not go wrong. Being godly. Amen. Amen. So don't stop doing these things. Amen. Don't stop coming to church. Amen. It says for these things we suffer, we suffer strife, 
reproach. We go through difficulties. So even when it's difficult for you to be godly, continue to do it because it is worthy. It is worthy. Amen. Amen. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes. Being godly is worthy. These things are beneficial. The Bible says these things have value in everything, in all things. It has value. Hallelujah. Now, I want us to look at certain characteristics of a godly person. When we say someone is godly, what are some of the characteristics? Amen. So turn your Bibles with me to Acts chapter 10. I want us to look at Acts chapter 10 and look at a person who is godly. What are the characteristics of a godly person? Acts chapter 10 and verse 1. The Bible says, There was a certain man. Amen? Amen. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius a centurion of the band called the Italian band. Amen. Amen. So this was, this was a centurion. is an army officer. He was a soldier. And the Bible says, this is now the Bible describing this army officer. Amen. Amen. I want you to pay attention because this is a random man, an army officer. But something about him that makes God's eye focus on him and selects him and bless him and uses his life as an example to teach us. Amen. Amen. So this is now the Bible describing this man. He says, a devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people, and pray to God always. Amen. Amen. He saw in a vision, evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming in to him and saying unto him, Cornelius. And when he looked on, when he looked on him, he was afraid. And said, what is it, Lord? And he said unto him, thy prayers and thine arms, arms are given, you're given. Thy prayers and thine arms are come up for a memorial before God. Amen. Amen. Now this is at 3 p.m., the ninth hour, 3 p.m. in the afternoon. And now send men to Joppa. And call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. He lodged with one Simon a tanner, whose house is by the seaside. He shall tell thee what thou oughtest to do. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Let us pause for a moment and look at the description of this man. Go back to verse 1. Wonderful. He says, there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band. Now, God is describing someone who is ordinary, someone who is not any special person. Are you with me? Yes. A very random person. 
But then he goes on to say, a devout man, a devout man. Now, the first thing that we learn about Cornelius is how God begins to describe him. He says he was a devout man. Now, devout is the same word as Eusebia. Amen. Amen. Eusebia. Devout is defined as totally committed to a cause or belief. Having or showing deep religious feeling or commitment. He says, totally committed to a cause or belief. Having or showing deep religious feeling or commitment. Now, you notice we are not talking about a priest. We are not talking about a pastor. We are talking about an army officer. He is a worker. He works. He is employed in the army. Amen. Amen. So, holiness is not only for priests. Holiness, being devout, is not only for certain class of people. This is a random person in the church that God notices that he is devout. He is Eusebia. Now, this is a working man just like you. Amen. Amen. So you can have a job and still be devout. You can have a job and still be a committed church member. You can have a job and still let God see that you are committed. Amen. 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 Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? So, you see, God is taking note of ordinary people, ordinary people who have jobs just like you. And he notices that, no, this person, he has a job, but he's very committed. He is a centurion. He's an army officer. He's not a priest. He is not a type that has sacrificed his life to serve in the house of God, but he is a devout man. He is a committed Christian. Amen. Amen. So, the second thing that we hear about Cornelius is that he feared God with all his house. He says, a devout man and one that feared God with all his house. So Cornelius served God with all his house. Amen. On Sunday, he doesn't leave his family home. He doesn't leave his wife home. He doesn't leave his children home and come to church. Amen. Amen. Reverend, where's your wife and your children? They are coming. <laughs> I didn't leave them home. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Yes. So on Sunday, Cornelius does not leave his children and his family home. He doesn't leave his wife home. If you serve God, don't leave your family out. Amen. Amen. If you serve God and you leave your household, you seem to be the only one that is committed, that is devoted, and you leave your household. That same people that are in your household, they will cause you to backslide. I said, they will cause you to backslide. Amen. You see, some people don't want to bother their wives. You know, when their wife doesn't want to come to church, they don't want to bother them. And they leave the, well, if you're not going, I'm gone. Do you understand? You can't do that. That wife will eventually cause you to backslide. Are you with me? She will eventually cause you to backslide. You cannot do that. That is what happened to Solomon. Amen. 
You see, Solomon was a God-fearing man. Solomon loved God. Solomon built a beautiful, big temple for God. He could pray and the presence of God would be in a place. This was a very devout man. When God appeared to Solomon and asked him what he wanted, all he wanted was wisdom. Wisdom from God. Amen. Amen. Now, you may say, not me, not me, that cannot happen to me. You know, but Solomon, his wives caused him to backslide. And Solomon is one of the wisest men that ever lived. So if it happened to Solomon, (laughs) amen. So if you marry someone who does not believe in God, no matter how much you believe in God, you are very likely to to come to a place where you will not believe in God anymore. That is why you have to command your house. Command your house. And God loves people who do that. That is why the Bible says Abraham was God's personal friend. God will call him friend. He says, I know Abraham. God will know you for commanding your house to serve him. Amen. Amen. So Solomon, he loved... I guess you were trying to clap for the Lord. Amen. Amen. So Solomon, he loved the Lord. He loved the Lord and he went ahead as the Lord was lifting him up, he went ahead to marry unbelievers. Look at 1 Kings chapter 11. 1 Kings chapter 11 verse 1. Quickly. Let me show you. Look at that. It says, but King Solomon loved many strange women. He loved many strange women. Don't love strange women. Women who don't take God seriously, they are never supposed to be your focus. Are you with me? Women who don't have God, they don't love God, they are strange women. Strange. (laughs) Amen. Men who don't love God, who don't serve God, not committed, they are strange men. Strange men. We have made it. Strange men also. But it says, King Solomon loved many strange women together with the daughter of Pharaoh, women of Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sodonians, and Hittites. All kinds of strange women. Of the nations concerning which the Lord said unto the children of Israel, Ye shall not go into them, neither shall they come in unto you. You see, there are certain people God advised not to marry. The Bible says, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. That means God is cautioning you, don't marry unbelievers. Amen. He says, ye shall not go into them, neither shall they come into you. For surely, for surely, say surely, say surely. Say you can be wiser than Solomon, but surely... He said, for surely, they will, turn, they will turn away your hearts after their gods. Solomon claimed unto these in love. He loved them. He loved them. He loved the strange. And he had 700 of them. 700 wives. <laughs> you see, wives today, I don't know, you are blessed beyond measure. Today's wives, 
700 wives. So even if he goes by one wife a day, if you are a wife in Solomon's house, I don't know when it will be your turn to see your husband. Today you are fighting. Eh, you didn't look at my earrings. You can have earrings for three years and the man has not seen them. Earrings. When you have the day to come, it will not be about your earrings. Do you understand? <laughs> that I did a new hair and you didn't see it. 700 new hairs have passed in front of the man. And this your rasta. You are making a lot of noise about it. But he says he had 700 wives. Princesses. Not, not riffraff and say that, oh, this one, I look better. Princesses. <laughs> and 300 concubines. Wow. <laughs> and his wives turn away his heart. His wives, they turn away his heart. For it came to pass when Solomon was old that his wives turned away his heart after other gods and his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God as was the heart of his father David. For Solomon went after all kinds of other gods and after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites and so on and so forth. Do you understand? So marrying unbelievers, they can turn your heart away. But a a devout man, a godly man, he will serve God with all his house. He will make his wife serve God. He will make his children serve God. Amen. Amen. That is what was described about Cornelius. Number three, the Bible says he gave much alms to the people. He gave much alms to the people. Go back to Acts 10 and verse 2. He says he gave much alms. He says, a devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people. So Cornelius, he gave much alms. So someone that God describes as devout or godly or committed, he gives alms. He gives. Amen. A godly person is a giver. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. A godly person gives offerings. And he pays his tithe. It is not hard for him to part with money. Are you with me? It is ungodly when it is difficult for you to part with money. So until money begins to lose control of you, until money stops reigning and guiding your life, you have not begun serving God yet. I am telling you. Until you come to a stage where money is nothing to you. Until you come to that stage, you have not begun serving God yet. You have not even begun being a Christian. Because the Bible says you cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot. So if you are serving money, if money is ruling you, if money is guiding you, you are not serving God. Because you cannot serve God and mammon. Are you with me? You don't like my message. I am preaching a very good message. If you don't believe it, look at Matthew chapter 6 and verse 24. I'll read it to you so you know that I'm not, um, don't be angry with me. Be angry with the Bible. It says, no man can serve two masters. 
Amen. Amen. Say amen. amen. It's like if you don't like my message. But no man can serve two masters. He says, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Then he says, you cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot serve money and God. So if money is guiding your life, if money is ruling in your life, then you are not serving God. I'm sorry to tell you that. Now, one of the proofs that money controls your life or money has taken over your life or you, one of the proofs that you, you don't have ability to part with money is that you find it difficult and painful when money goes out of you. It's like it gives you sleepless night. You don't sleep in the night. You cry when money goes out of you. Do we have people like that? Do you know someone like that? Not you. Amen. So some of you, money can cause you to do some wild things that God cannot cause you to do. It shows that money guides your life or you worship money or money rules your life. Amen. When money can make you do things that God cannot make you do, it shows you who you serve. Amen. You don't like it. I'm preaching a good message. Many of you, money can send you to distances that God can never send you to such distance. Money can put you on a journey that God cannot put you on that journey. Amen. Many of you, money can make you take aeroplanes to come and get me and then come back. But God cannot get you to go on an aeroplane to come and serve him and then come back. Money is guiding you. True or not true? You see, the sacrifices that money can cause you to make, sometimes it's unbelievable. Money can make you make certain sacrifices that God cannot make you make such sacrifices. Amen. Amen. The times that money will make you wake up. Money can make you wake up at 3 a.m. True or not true? Money can make you wake up at 3 a.m. It says wake up and you wake up. And then you salute him. And then when you are a little late, you say, I'm sorry I am late. Money can make you wake up 3 a.m. But God cannot make you wake up 5 a.m. to pray. Money is guiding you. Money is calling you. Amen. True or not true? Money can make you stay awake at certain hours. When you are even sleepy. Money can make you awake. God cannot keep you awake. So who is ruling you? One day I was passing by a bank at a very strange hour. And I saw someone inside the bank. It's like an ATM. And the person is supposed to watch the ATM. And the person is very sleepy. And I thought the person was praying. Going back. And going forth. Going back. And going forth, and the eyes, because I had to go inside to get some money. And then I look at the person, the person is barely falling down. But money says, stay awake. Because there's a camera that money has put there 
to watch you if you will sleep. Because if you sleep, money says, wake up. And God cannot keep you awake at 1, 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. to come and pray. Last Friday, many of you were very, yeah, celebrating. True or not true? There are truthful people in the church, except you. Amen. So money can cause you to do certain things that God cannot cause you to do. And whenever money has such control over you, it shows that you are serving money rather than God. Amen. If you are a servant to God, then you do anything that God asks you. But if you are a servant to money, then you do anything that money asks you to do. Amen. Amen. You are sleepy. If you are sleepy, you will not come to church. Would you come to church? If you are sleepy, a lot of you say, I didn't come to church because I was very sleepy. I came home and I was very sleepy. Just came from work. Just came from work. But money can make you come back. You just came home, come back. And you will go. True or not true? But not Cornelius. He gave. He gave much arms. The Bible says he gave much arms. A godly person parts with money easily. A godly person. Money does not control a godly person. Amen. You should see mothers. When mothers are preparing to drop off their children at their babysitter in the morning. Hey, it's not easy. When they want to go to work, money is calling and they want to go. First, it starts with getting ready. They get ready quickly, throw on anything, pick up anything, and then the baby has to eat. So the mother has to feed the baby before she takes the child. So she puts a bottle in the microwave or some hot water, and then she's doing things, getting ready, and then she comes, she grabs the bottle, and then she puts on her arm, like this, and it's too hot, and then she puts in the cold water, and then it gets too cold, and then she comes, and then she puts it angry. Angry. And then finally she gets some temperature that is so, so okay. Whether the baby is hungry or the baby is not hungry, you better eat that food. You are eating. You are eating. You can't go to babysitter without eating. You are eating. So the child is sleepy. The child wants to sleep, but you put the bottle on the mouth. You drink, and then you, shake, you hit the cheek like this. Drink. Wake up. Drink. You have to drink. Because money is calling. Money is calling. We have to go. You see, the child is falling asleep. You can't be sleeping on me like You can't sleep. Wake up. Drink this thing. Let's go. Amen. And then finally, you get the child to drink enough. <laughs> Let's go. You bangle the child up quickly, drop the child at the babysitter, a crying baby. Sometimes you hear the mommy, mommy, mommy. You gone, you gone, you gone. Because money is calling me. What do you mean? Money is calling. You gone. Amen. You should see mothers, women. Hey, sometimes you, can't, you think they can't run up the stairs when the train is coming. Hey, you see they put a skirt like this and that, hey. 
Because money is calling. Money is calling. I have to move. Money is calling. Amen. When the money is calling, there's no stopping you. You see, mothers, they bangle their, their makeup bag. Everything. And they're sitting on the train doing their makeup. Doing their makeup. Putting this here, putting there. Sometimes I see them driving. Driving. In the car. Small stop. Then they're doing their makeup. Because money is calling. Small stop. Doing your makeup. And then sometimes the light is green. You are still standing there. Doing your makeup because money is calling. True or not true? Yes. But when is Sunday? When is Sunday and you are coming to church? First of all, it's hard for us to wake you up. Number one, you don't want to wake up. Mm, give me ten more, ten, ten more minutes, ten more minutes. You want to sleep ten more minutes. And then you wake up. Dressing up. You take shower like you are not going anywhere. Try this dress on. Try this dress on. Try this one on, not this one. Not that one. Not this one. Try different kinds of dresses on. The baby is sleeping. You don't bother the baby. The baby. And then your makeup. You try makeup number one and you look, you don't like it. You wipe it. Makeup number two. Number three. It's his church. Now God is calling. The baby is sleeping. He say, I can't come. The baby is sleeping. Don't wake the baby up. Let the baby sleep small before you wake the baby up to come to church. True or not true? Why are you making me look like I am preaching some abstract? If it's not true, I'll just move on. You don't like my message. Is it true or not true? Okay, then I'll continue to preach. <laughs> when it's Sunday, you're taking your time, dressing up, doing your own thing. And if the husband, you, are, you have a husband and the husband says, can't you hurry up a little bit? Hey! Hey! Can't you hurry up a, a little bit? Ora, if you are going, go. Eh? Leave me alone. <laughs> Hey! Hey! <laughs> we can't get you to move. <laughs> then you are doing your thing. Putting your lipstick. Alright. Hey. <laughs> I'm not done. <laughs> hey! And at that time, if we don't stop right there and we push it, no church. No church. I'm not going anymore. Take your church. I'm not going. Hey. <laughs> you will not come. No church. But when money is calling, there is nothing that can make you angry enough and say, I'm not going. When is money calling? It shows you who you said. Amen. It shows you who you said. Many of you, you have perfect attendance at work. 
but you don't have perfect attendance as in the church. Best employee. May you have best attendance in church also. Amen. Men who don't bath because of work. They wake up in the morning and they are late. No bathing. No bathing. You are on the way. You are going. True or not true? You see men wearing their shirt. Shirt. They are wearing their shirt in the car. Tying their tie in the car. On their way to work. Breakfast in the car. Eating. When it's come, money is calling, you dish your own food. You don't, they didn't put down your food. Sunday morning, you want us to dish your food. But when you are going to work, you take, your, you take something, anything you are going. Because money is calling. Cold food you are eating in the car. Because money is calling. But not when it's Sunday. Sunday, we can't get you to move. Sunday, let the woman say, my friend, let's go. We are late. I have to do arrangements. I have to go and get this. I have to buy this. I have to do this in church. Hey, Araba, if you are not going, go. <laughs> Everyone serves his God his own way. God knows what is in your heart. There's nothing in your heart. I said there's nothing in your heart. You are just being lazy and you are not serving God. You serve money. Amen. I tell you, you are serving money. People take Uber. They take Uber to work. Take ferry from, you take the bus to take the train and then you transfer to the ferry and then you come off and then you take the Uber to get to work. But when you come, they say, come to church. You say, I need a ride. You didn't get me a ride. I need a ride. Who is, who is guiding your life? Is it money or God? Who is guiding your life? You say, I'm not coming because there's no right. Amen. When you are standing on a bus stop and the bus is late, you call the Uber quickly. I have to be at work. But you will never call the Uber because you are late and you are standing on the bus. Reverend, I stood at the bus stop for one hour and you are late and you came. Are you with me? But when money is calling, it's a different story. Wow. Are you listening to me? Wonderful. We have a lot to share. But we want to pause here. And then we will continue next time we meet. So, what are the characteristics that we have learned so far? Number one. A godly person is a devout person, devoted to God, devout person. And then number two, one who fears God with all his house. He serves God with all his house. Amen. Number three, he gives much alms. A godly person gives much alms. Amen. A godly person gives much alms. Hallelujah. Wonderful. And we will continue next time we meet because when we begin, we cannot finish. There is so much. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Why don't you clap your hands together for the Lord? Father, we are thankful and grateful. Give us the readiness. Readiness to do your will. Readiness to serve you. May we always ever ready to serve you in the name of Jesus. 
you say of Cornelius a centurion of the Italian band a soldier an army officer but Lord you found him a devout man you say he was someone who was pious someone who was godly someone who was devoted to the things of God someone who served you someone who feared you and feared you with all his household Lord we thank you for this life that you are giving us today you say Cornelius was someone who gave much alms to the people and he prayed always father we thank you for this life we pray lord that you will give us the spirit that was in cornelius the spirit that was upon him that made him devout that made him committed whatever cornelius saw may we see it oh god that we will also be committed we will also be devoted to the things of god may we value the things of god May we treasure the things of God. You say it is more profitable when we are godly. It is more profitable. It will profit us in this life and in the life that is to come. We thank you, Lord. We give you praise. We give you honor in the name of Jesus. Now with all eyes closed and every head bowed, if there's anyone here this afternoon, you are not born again. You have not received Jesus Christ as your Savior. You have not welcomed Jesus into your life as your Savior. I want to give you this opportunity this afternoon to receive Christ. Perhaps this is, might be the only opportunity that you may be given. But this afternoon, I want you to take this opportunity to receive Jesus as your Savior, as your Master. If you are here and you want to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, wherever you are, just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to receive Jesus as my Savior. I want to welcome Jesus Christ into my life. Lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. I don't want any more movement. God bless you. I see your hand. God bless you. Is there anyone else? Anyone else? You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to be devoted. I want to be committed to God. I want to serve God. I see your hand. Is there anyone else? Anyone else? You want to receive Jesus as your Savior? Lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Anyone else? You can hear a voice and it's telling you, today is your day. Today is your opportunity. You may not have this opportunity again. If it's you, lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Is there anyone else like that? anyone else now if you have lifted up your hand I want you to just join me here I want to say a prayer with you just take a bold step it's a bold step I want you to take that bold step God bless you yes. surrender yes I surrender I feel in my spirit there is a lady here there is a lady and you can hear a voice is telling you you need to go you need to give your life to Christ today you need to you need to there's a lady here please come please come right now come God is speaking to you you can hear something is telling you today you have to give your life to Jesus 
perhaps you need to give your life to Jesus today. You don't want to die and go to hell. You want to give your life to Jesus. There is a woman here. There is a lady. There is a lady. There is a lady here. Please come. Let us pray. Come. Come forward right now. Come forward. You can hear a voice. Come forward. This is your opportunity. Don't leave this place without giving your life to Christ. Are you the one? If you are the one, come. Come. Come forward right now. Let me pray with you. Come forward. Don't hesitate. Don't harden your heart. Come forward. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I feel so strongly this person should come. I feel so strongly. So strongly. So strongly. Give your life to Christ today. Give your life to Christ today. It says today. Today is the day. Today. Today is the day. Today. That's your last call. That's the last opportunity I'm giving you right now. Now, with all eyes closed and every head bowed, brother, I want you to lift up your right hand with me and say this with all the church. Everyone, join me as we say this prayer together. Repeat this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I have sinned against you. This afternoon, I come before you just as I am. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Wash me with your precious blood. This afternoon, I welcome you into my life. Be my Lord. Be my master. Be my savior. Please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me today. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we are thankful and grateful for your son. We thank you, Lord, for causing him, O oh Lord, to approach today. You say, when we draw nigh unto you like this, you draw nigh unto us. I pray, Lord, that you draw nigh unto your son. Father, your word says, the heavens rejoice because of this, your son, precious son, who has come to you. I pray, Lord, that you will bless him, build the hedge around him, protect him. I sign an angel of God to walk with him. We declare, Lord, that he is not of Satan. He is not of this world, but he is of Christ. Therefore, I pray, Lord, may he continue to walk with you this day and forever in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Brother, what's your name? James. James. God bless you so much. Thank you so much. I have this precious gift for you. I want you to read it, James, okay? God bless you. God bless you. Wonderful. We believe you've been blessed by this timely and powerful message. We invite you to join us on Sunday afternoons for our Duel of Heaven service and Tuesday evenings for our Word Power service. For more messages by Rev. Bright Nkrumah, please subscribe to the QFC Bronx North Podcast or contact us at 929-247-0738. Stay blessed.